Hi, this is Jonathan, aka Roadblock, and I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, the human wizard. Hi, I'm Jules. I am the rock gnome Bernice Q. Burns. Hi, this is John, aka That Film Guy. I'm going to be playing your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks, who was in fact raised by wolves and is too enamored of ale, wine, and other intoxicants. Hi, I'm Jack Edithil, and I'm playing Travancore, a half-elf archer and the viceroy of Glenmar. And I am Lauren, aka Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Last time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, the party investigated a farmstead just outside of the town that Soria tipped them off to. They found a missing family who are presumed dead and a bunch of kobolds and dragon cultists living in the house. When Bernie tried to infiltrate their cult, she was almost murdered and was quickly saved by the rest of the group. The cultists managed to take prisoner... Uh, said very little, but they were worshippers of Tiamat, and that everyone would sue bound down before the evil multi-headed dragon god. In the house, they've found a small statue to Shanti, inscribed for Lily, and a blood-stained note detailing instructions for the cult. With those clues, the party now heads back to Greenest. And that's where we left off last time. Welcome! To Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, I'm your DM, Lauren, aka Obocrazy, and tonight I have gone back to Pyramid Beer. In fact, I'm drinking their Oktoberfest, which is really nice and Octobery. No, it it is not pumpkin spice. It's just pumpkin beer, I guess. I don't know. Uh, let's go in a different order this time. Let's go with Jules. Hi, um, I'm Jules, and tonight I am drinking something local. I'm drinking Full Steam Brewery Summer Basil which is not seasonal at all, but is my favorite beer they make. And I grabbed the very last of it off the shelf in the grocery store this morning. I was, would have cut a bitch if there had been a bitch to cut for this beer. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and Roblox. Uh, this is Jonathan. And tonight I am drinking a Ace Pumpkin Cider, which is right here. <laughs> It's actually in my fridge. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> While he goes and gets that, uh, Jenga, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jack Edithil, also known as Jenga Ship, and tonight I am drinking a cocktail in my WHYY mug because I am a public radio supporter. It is uh, apple cider, uh, Tanqueray gin, and a uh, Malibu uh, coconut liqueur, which also features rum. Wait, what does WHYY stand for? Uh, something Wider Horizons... Yay, something, something. Because <laughs> ours is WUNC, and I've never, and I just never, I always forget there's something other than my local public radio station. <laughs> so I was so thrown off. Everyone has their own local public. Yet Jenga is always trying to heighten uh, the the quality of our drinks while he lowers the quality of the public radio station nearby. Uh, finally, John. Hi, I'm John. I'm aka that film guy playing Carlton Tanks, and tonight I'm drinking Ace Pear Cider. Ace! Nice and simple. Ace! Ace! Ace is the, the place point. with the helpful... No. Helpful no. cider? Maybe when they start sending us money, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> you know, okay, it, that's true. We probably shouldn't promote a, a specific cider brand, but we can slam a specific cider brand. Crispin, we're coming for you. He's coming for you. The views expressed by Jonathan do not respect those of Dungeons and Dragons or Drunks or Glibshark International as a whole. Crispin, we love you. We should just we start do? the game Let's before. Just play before we get. Started. Yeah, before we uh, alienate all of our alcohol choices. So, as I said last time, you had just finished off taking out a whole bunch of cobalts and cultists. You would talk to some to one of them. You have these couple of things with you. And you had decided to head back to the town. Is that what we're doing? We're going back to Greenest? We're looking yeah, for that. Yeah, I think we're headed to the Temple, Temple of Shanti, right? Having not rested? Uh, you have not yet rested. Yes, you went I know. out. So I am hurting. You be hurting. I, do you guys want to take a short rest and Wait, do got... anything before you leave? We might want to take a, an extended rest. This might be the kind of thing that we need to totally rest up from. Well, I will say it is early afternoon. You, It's maybe about one or two o'clock. You've only been up since about eight or nine. You could take an extended rest here if you really want to amongst all the feces and dead cobalts. Ew. Or we can go back smelling like feces, 
feces and dead cobalts and go back to Leotians. Ooh, I bet Leo has tubs with hot water and bath. Maybe some lavender soaps so we can get our scrub on. That's why we're going to call them Leo tubs. Okay, so you, you do realize this is a, essentially a monastery. We'll be lucky if they have tubs. No, I you, mean, you babe. do know for a fact, you, you do know for a fact, having stayed there now for a little while. The Pope while, has a fiat. I bet he also has a tub. <laughs> the Pope does have a tub. You do know for a fact that the the house that Leozen and his monks stay in does have a very nice, basically, showering facility, uh, mostly because they do value being clean. So Cleanliness you know is next you... to godliness. Exactly. Right, let's, head, let's head back then. Okay. Okay, Saddle uh, it, up, it's only <laughs> yoink. It only takes a little <laughs> while to get back to the town. This farmstead was only about an hour's walk outside of town. As you approach the front gate, you actually see a peculiar sight. Uh, you guys notice a couple of wagons. Three of them, it looks like hitched together they're all fairly small and in the front are two big burly oxen there is a a gentleman at the front of the wagons basically chatting with one of the guards right now and across the side of the wagon as you guys get a little bit closer you notice that it says that it is Wayland's wagon of wonders what if he has what if he has some uh, sorcerer's sweat I've got a feeling well, you that can that ask. only exists amongst oh, oh, your oh, oh. people. Um, Jonathan the Magimuscular realizes that his options for dealing massive punishment are limited. He is going to look into getting a quarterstaff. Okay. From Mr. Whalen of the Wagon of Wonders, or did you want to look somewhere else? He is inspired by the sight of Whalen's Wagons of Wonders. So he will partake of whatever Whalen's Wonders wears might be worth sale. Yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> and this is your one warning. You put the, the, you put the I in alliteration. <laughs> oh, wait, there's no I in alliteration. <laughs> All right, so you guys approach. The, the gentleman at the front of the wagon who's been talking to the guard seems to be the only one around. And he is gesticulating wildly. He's in bright, almost jester's clothing that... As you get closer, can see are patched and very well worn and frayed, and uh, I've obviously seen some wear and tear, and seem to be partially homemade, partially just a riot of really bad choices. Does he look like he got kicked out of the Moulin Rouge? Uh, he got kicked out of the Moulin Rouge because he made poor styling choices. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm. That's oh. what I'm picturing. Oh, yes. Because out there it was always raining, but in there it's entertaining. (laughs) And we can quote no more because someone will sue us. As you approach, you you see him and he is uh, just waving his arms in the air at this these two guards who have been guarding the front gate, who you recognize from when you left, who are just impassive to his pleas as he goes, do you not understand? Do you not see what I bring to you? Do you not know of Waylon and the Wagon of Wonders? And then he notices you approach. And he turns and says, good sirs, good madams, you must be here for the presentation. You must be here to see Wayland's Wagon of Wonders. Only one gold piece. You can see the whole entire thing. It'll only take about five minutes. So do you sell things or is this like, do you have like a basilisk in there and a manticore and stuff? I sell wonder." and merriment and entertainment i sell the greatest of gifts that you could ever give you or your loved one that is a memory to last a lifetime and you only have to pay up one gold to even see what is in my wagon of wonders cover charge do we get to take what's out of the wagon after the one gold it doesn't sound like it it sounds like yeah walter it um... sounds like we're going on our way what I'm wondering right now is why you have such a large hole in your pants. But also, um... Oh, 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 I am so sorry, young lady. And he quickly, like, l- looks around for the hole. He finds, like, a-, a frayed place on his knee and quickly covers it up. This doesn't seem like it's going to be particularly life-changing. <gasps> 
How? How could you wound me? You don't even know. Okay, you have no so... idea what's yeah. in my wagon. And already, oh, and he turns to the guards and he says, see, see what your doubt has caused me. See what has happened. And he starts to stagger away, clutching his heart as though you have just stabbed him with a knife. And he, and he goes up to the oxen and he says, Bonnie. Bonnie, listen to what they say. Clyde, what do you think? Once they see what's inside, will they change their minds? I don't even think so. Okay, I feel pity for this person. <laughs> Astounding amounts of pity. So I'm like, ah. I reach into my purse and pluck out a gold and fling it over to him. Show me your wonders, wonder peddler. As you do this, he is in the process of kneeling and almost weeping in front of one of the oxen. As the gold piece lands in front of him, he stops and he snatches it up and he places it in a pocket that none of you can see. And the bright, cheery smile is back on his face. And he immediately says, you, you will not be disappointed. I will even give you a deal for your generosity and for your well-deserved pity. I'm just a poor peddler who just wants to make people smile. I will show all of you, all of you, for the price of just one person, what's in my wagon of wonders. And he begins to lead you over to the side. There are three fairly small wood closed off wagons you can see that as you reach the first one he kind of passes by it it's the one that's painted uh very brightly on the one side and he says mine 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 he pushes you over to the second wagon where he reaches under the side and you hear a series of clicks as he unhooks the side and he lifts it up kind of the same way a, a, a barn door would be lifted and inside you see a couple of different cages essentially there's a a smallish cage over on the right hand side um there is a larger one uh, the smallest cage is is about you know, a foot and a half foot and a half foot and a half the other one seems to be much much larger it's about five or six feet uh it's got a glass front and there's a, a handwritten sign on the bottom right hand side and that very clearly in very precise handings handing handwriting says do not touch or tap on glass. And Waylon I know what I want to do. <laughs> Waylon lifts up the cover and says, Behold! Behold for you! In this wagon are two of the most fearsome, and yet you would not, you would not think just to look at them creatures of all time. And as you approach a little bit, you now see that the small cage on the right-hand side contains what looks to be a pigeon, and the left side has a giant uh, six-foot-tall mushroom. It's purple, and it seems to be giving off kind of a, a, a sour odor. It kind of makes your, your mouth automatically water, like you just like smelled and tasted something a little sour. It's got these bright yellow spots on it, and it's huge. The thing, the thing is taller than... All of you except for Carlton. And Waylon says, and, and as you can see on this side, this is not just any pigeon. Oh, I dare you to approach and stare into the beady eyes of the dire pigeon. Wow. I usually have dramatic music, but that isn't working right now. Dire pigeon. I stare into the eyes of the dire pigeon. All right. Make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> I would like you to make a constant... You've stared into the eyes of the dire pigeon. No, no, I, like I to- didn't stare at shit. That's all traffic gore. Yep, yeah. I would like you to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. I'll give you a bonus for that, I don't think. So, let's see. Uh, 11. All right, it's a dire pigeon, and those are beady little eyes, and it coos at you, and then turn around, turns around and poops on the cage floor. <laughs> Huzzah! Victory! Uh, Waylon sees this and says, You, good sir, are one of the strongest of men that I have ever seen. And is now the dire pigeon is now facing the back of the cage. I lean down from my saddle and whisper at Jonathan, and I go, Right now? I'm wondering why you spend a whole gold on this pigeon's poop. Right now? I'm wondering the same fucking thing. I walk over to the giant mushroom. Hold on, that's also me. 
I carry her along with me. We make decisions together when I, we're I riding. The and I Bye, look at the sign and I gently tap on it. All right, you've tapped on the glass. Uh, as you walk on over, Waylon uh, quickly tries to get in front of you and uh, says, "No, no, 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 no! Don't you? Can't you read? Does no one ever read the sign?" He can't read, uh, sir. This is kind of a sore spot. I'm but... smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R T. Please, really, you don't want to remind him of that fact. Boop, boop, boop. All right. I so tap you... him on the head. <laughs> You tap Waylon on the head, or you actually tap the glass? <laughs> the glass. Okay. As you come over and tap on the glass, that that kind of sick, sickly sweet smell gets stronger, um, and it's fairly disgusting. And then you tap on the glass, and I need everybody. I Dundee grab good. the reins, and I, like, pull him back a little bit. Like, ugh, I can't believe you did this. So you kind of very gently tap on the glass. You see the mushroom quiver. Like, it, it's stock. This whole thing just, just shake. And then all of a sudden, this high-pitched shrieking noise, just, like, at the very top of your hearing, starts to emanate from this mushroom. The oxen in the front of the caravan snort and kind of paw a little bit, and Waylon immediately rushes off to to go calm them since it, it looks like it's it's going to they're going to bolt. And um, each of you Are we doing an eardrum saving throw? Each of you take two points of damage. Oh wow. Whoops. As this thing begins to just horrifically shriek in the 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 most picture the medieval version of a car alarm and you're standing with your head inside did we get a chance to take a rest not no, yet no somebody oh. wanted to give a gold to Waylon the wandering asshole no somebody wanted to extended rest in the feces house which was this guy I'd like to point out that I didn't tap glass. Jonathan didn't tap glass. Bernice, did you tap glass? I didn't tap no fucking glass, man. Well, then who the hell tapped glass? Oh, I it was that guy. I hit Carlton over the head. Just start beating him ruthlessly with my tiny little fist. Can I beat and this thing with the quarterstaff that I've apparently had this no. entire time? <laughs> uh, no, because there there is this kind of this cage and this pane of glass in the way, so you'd have to shatter that first. Before you get the chance, uh, Waylon now rushes back over and kind of starts to push you away from the cart and says, away, away, give it room, give it room to breathe, away. And he, he keeps pushing. I go, what? Carlton, unless you're going to let him push you, he can't actually push you very far. Would he you tries to push me, and he's like, Carlton, I'm like, yeah. fine, and I just so. take a step back. Okay, he continues to usher you backwards until you're about 30 to 35 feet away from the cart, and then the shrieking mercifully stops. And there's kind of this momentary silence, and you hear from the front, uh, above where the oxen are now kind of making disgruntled noises, you hear this this uh, gentleman yell out, Oi! What's going on over there? And Waylon says, no, my good man, it is good. It is all it is all good. Is it not good, my friends? No one's going to be tapping on the glass again, right? right I don't know. Carl. I want to see what was in there. What's in there? Carl. He rushes over and he closes the door super fast and kind of stands in front of it and says, he looks at uh, Bernie on your back and says, your mount needs to learn to read. We're working on it. But onward. And he ushers you over to the next cart. And this cart, he reaches under. I thought it was Portabella. Carlton, <laughs> I don't want you to even fart until we're gone through all these man's ridiculous wagons. You just stand there. Don't say anything. Don't touch anything. Don't. Unless I tell you to move, you, you just fucking bust in my eardrums. <laughs> if any of you would like to make uh, either an investigation or a nature check, you might be able to tell me what that was. I'll do one. Oh. I rolled a nat 20. 19. Yeah. Okay, what's everyone's numbers? I know nothing about that mushroom except I never wanted to see it again. Tell me if you're using um, investigation or nature and what were your numbers again, Carlton? Nature, nat 20, plus one, so 21. Okay. Travancore? 
Nature 19. And Jonathan? Investigation 16. And Bernie? Going to investigate it for a whole seven worth of investigatory powers. Bernie, you have no idea what that thing was. All you know is that it hurts. Oh, God, it hurts. Everybody else, now that you've taken a moment and you've cleared the ringing from your ears, you realize that's a shrieker. It is a type of mushroom that normally you only find underground in dark caves. They they can grow huge like that one. And they're uh, a lot of the time used as alarm systems. They're not necessarily incredibly dangerous, except they hurt when they go off. But yeah, that's what that was. Uh, at this point, Waylon has ushered you over to the final cart and he is busy unhooking the same mechanism. Uh, the thing slides up and you see that this cart has been divided basically in half. It's one large cage with a divider down the middle. The left side is empty. The right side, Waylon proudly points to and says, As you can see, I have in my possession one of the world's only living unicorns. Is it a horse with a horn taped to its head? Uh, everybody take a moment and uh, give me a perception check. When the last moon is rising. I knew this reminded me of something. <laughs> uh, 15. 8. I got a 16. 13. Oh, I meant to do it that time. Uh, 14, actually. Okay, for 14, a 16. What was Travancore? 13. And Jonathan? Uh, what did I roll? Yeah. <laughs> you rolled a seven. Uh, uh, so eight. As far as Carlton, Travancore, and Jonathan can see, this this kind of looks like a small unicorn. It's fairly small, but it's got one horn, and it's kind of staring at them balefully. balefully. Uh, Bernice? I get actually an 18, because I get a plus two to that shit. Nice. You kind of finally shaken off the shrieker? And you take a look at this thing, and you're pretty sure that this is just a goat with a horn glued to its forehead. And it's just chewing in there. Um, um, Walter? Um, um. Waylon. Waylon, my young lady. Waylon, my dear, dear she young lady. Me. She pulled at me. Waylon, I have a bit of a question about the care for this unicorn, because, I mean, I've never had a unicorn before or anything like that. But I, I just know, wonder... I know that we are supposed to keep them together like lovebirds, but he had a companion. He had a friend, and his friend is gone. And I wish I knew where he went. I'm the flump that was here is gone, and now sure I don't know his, how. His friend is probably in a gyro somewhere, or maybe covered in cement jelly. <gasps> don't even say so. He's only been gone a day or two. I don't even know how he got out of his enclosure, but he's been gone. If you, if you see, if you see Frederick anywhere, I beg of you, I beg of you, bring, bring him home, bring Frederick home, because I, I, I don't even know how George is going to survive without him. George, what do you, what do you think? And the, the goat continues to. So, um, Winthrop. Um, Waylon, Waylon, my child, Waylon, Waylon of Waylon's Wagon of Wonders. Guys, guys, this is a fucking goat. Um, so I, I just have a question. Uh, cause was there a reason? Did you like cut the goat's horns off before you glued that thing on? He gives you this very surprised look and says, goat, I, I, don't understand. There are oxen at the front of my yeah. cart. Yeah, see, here's the deal. Um, I'm tiny, but I'm not dumb. Oh, of course I not. am. My dear gnome, I would never assume that size matters not. No, Judge my it... wonders by their size, do you? Oh, yes. Actually, I do. Um, no. Because um, this is a goat. It is a unicorn. Can you not see the one horn? Look, I could stick a horn on Carlton over here and paint him white, and that does not make him a unicorn. But it does. Bitch, I'm beautiful. I'll be a great unicorn. You would be wonderful, darling. Um, cruelty to animals is, I'm pretty sure, a crime. And 
does he look does does he look in pain to you and he kind of reaches into one of those mysterious pockets that you you don't quite see because of the riot of color where it is but he seems to be grabbing out of his back pocket and he pulls out an apple which is surprising as where did this apple come from his ass and he hands it through the bars to the goat with the horn on his head and the the goat kind of goes and then reaches over and very tenderly just takes it and starts to chew on it and and slowly devour this big red juicy apple and Waylon says see he is he is cared for and loved his only problem is that he is missing his flump friend i only know i only know that frederick is out there somewhere well sure frederick is lost and alone so at this point he closes the door he says i'm sorry I am just distraught over everything. I promise uh, if you can ever find Frederick, there is a handsome reward for it. Otherwise, what what does Frederick look like? He is a flump. He is a very young flump. I adopted him when he was very young. What is he exactly like George? Are you sure he's not just a sheep or perhaps? Well, hold on. Hold on a second there, Bernice. What does handsome mean to you? He is handsome for a flump, of no, course. No, I meant in terms of the reward. Oh, well, of of course he would need to be brought back to me alive and unharmed. Obviously. And not covered him in jelly. And not on a ship. Sh- 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 fuck. I, <laughs> sh- sh- come on. I would. He kind of pats at those weird pockets that you can't see. And he says, I, I don't have much, but you could you could have all 50 of my gold. But And then he kind of pulls out the one that Jonathan gave me. 51. I I would offer my my entire fortune to have Frederick back in my care. Could I have a moment to consult with my colleagues? Uh, you can take all the time you want. We're closed for now. Thank you very much. And he runs back to the front of the cart where the guards are actually now yelling at him. They've been kind of like, hey, hey, get this out of here. We need to clear the road. It's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he is now moving the oxen kind of off the road and over to the side where he's slowly looking to make camp. So out of earshot. Um, Sure. So we just find a regular goat tape a horn on its head and say it's Frederick, right? Well, what the fuck's a flump? Go ahead and roll me a either a nature or a history check. I'll even take an arcana check if someone wants to do one of those. I don't know shit. I got a rock. I mean a nine. All right, Carlton, what what do you... Four. Can I roll a nature check? Uh, yeah, I'll take a nature check. Yeah, it's just a All straight right. up 15. Because All right, so you got a 15. Jonathan, what'd you get? 13. And Travancore? Nine. Nature. Carlton and Travancore, you, you've you got no idea. This is the first time you've even heard of this damn thing. Uh, Jonathan, you're pretty sure you remember hearing about this thing, about something called a flump in your studies, but it's it's eluding you. You're not... You, you recognize this as a real creature you've heard hmm. about. This this must have been in a class after a hard night of drinking at, at Neverwinter Academy. Let me tell you, I had some fun at school. Or a hard night of lifting weight. Bernie, you know that flumps are usually found in the underdark and that they're medium to small sized creatures, but you can't quite think of what they look like. The, the The book was there somewhere. You remember hearing about it. You can't remember if it was a tale. You don't really remember where you heard about it, but you can, when Johnson says, oh, yeah, 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 I, re- I, re- I remember this thing, and you say, yeah, it's they're, they're, like, small, and they're in the Underdark, and that, that would make sense considering what the, the Shrieker is that you just saw. It seems like another creature from the Underdark, but you can't quite wrap your head around what it looks like. So, as a rock gnome that lives underground, should I know what the Underdark is? Just know it? You, that's probably where you've come up with this knowledge, is... What is Underdark? You... <laughs> So the Underdark is, you've dug too deep. Oh, so there's probably also a Balrog now. There's a lot of really nasty stuff there. And and dwarves know not to go down there. And gnomes know not to go too far down. It's essentially an entire realm. Actually, I would know what the Underdark is. You would. But it's essentially an entire underground realm that's deeper than deep. Okay. So it's like... In the ocean, where you go, they've got those nasty little fish with the lights. And the... Right. Um, 
Except that they're the size of of tigers and could kill you. Like the Underdark is a super dangerous place for surface dwellers and even dwarves. And so many things want to eat your brain. Okay, guys. So um, we may have a little bit of a problem. Now, if this flumflump fuck thing is as real as his unicorn, then it might be a rabbit painted darkly. Um, or it could be as real as his mushroom, which seemed pretty damn real. In which case, I don't think we really want to find this thing. More Not of the 51 point. gold. We have a priority. We came here for a reason. We should probably warn the people about what's coming before we do anything. Also, we should warn the people about the fluffalump or the snuffleups, I guess. The heffalump and woozles? Yes, those two. These words I, I've heard. We should also I go hear. take our shower. I don't understand them. Yes, we also needed to extend it rest so we don't die. I'm down to yeah. four rest, points here, people. Some a bath, and maybe we should let those constables know that this guy is fucking Looney Tunes. And he has let loose either a rabbit or a really dangerous creature. With sharp pointy teeth. With sharp pointy teeth. Alright, so what would you like to do? Temple first, guys. Wait, can we like have a quick aside with these like guards and be like, yo, dude. So Waylon has moved his little tiny caravan way off road. It's obvious that he's now setting up camp there. So if you want to enter the town, you, you're you just going to stroll right past both of the guards that he was talking to. And you can definitely stop and chat with them if you'd like. So I wave down the guards. I go, hi. Hello. How are you? Okay. So this, um, that guy, um. Winslow, Waylon, uh, he he's equal parts total idiot and complete dumb luck, which means he does have one very dangerous thing in there, and it comes from a place that's really nasty, and he might have had a second very dangerous thing called, what was it called, guys, what was it called? A flump? Flump for us. A flump, which apparently comes from this deep dark realm of crazy scary bad shit, and... We just wanted to let you know that he is asking people to find this flump for him. And really, if it's a real flump, people should stay hella far away. The flump away? Oh, we are very aware of his request. He has asked us to do the same thing. Seriously, I would not pay attention to him at all. We have been informed very stringently from the last time he was here... That Governor Tarbo has decreed he's not to enter the town at all. And his friend says, yeah, he was selling snake oil last time. Well. And you hear from the side, you hear Waylon say, it really was oil from snakes. Shut up. We don't want to buy any. I don't really doubt that. Carlton, maybe you could fill them in about that mushroom thing you knew so much about. Yeah, it's loud and it hurts your ears. Don't touch the glass. I learned that the hard way. We heard the shrieker. We don't plan on going nearby. But we will definitely pass along your information. However, and they kind of look at each other and snicker and go, we know he's a bit of an asshole. Well, I like these guys. Glad that's common knowledge. Who wants a bath? (laughs) Enjoy your stay in greeners. Oh, actually, hold on, hold on. Let's let's t- let them in on on the on what's coming real quick. Since we're here. Oh, the note. Yeah, Jonathan, by all means. So I go to the guards. Yeah, this guy, he's a jerk. Um, so we ran into some cultists of Tiamat not far from town. They had this note with them. We killed them all, but. There might be more on the way, and I present, I, I show them the note like this. I don't actually give it to them. I hold on to the note. Okay. The he the guard reaches out to grab it, and when he notices you're not going to let go, he pulls back and he leans in real close. As I as and I reads as I'm over. holding it, I'm flexing, so like my my muscles are bulging and stuff. All right. Are you trying to pick him uh, up? No, I'm just just letting him know. He's justifiably disturbed by your flexing, but manages to finish reading through the note. And he says, oh, this this is not good. And his friend comes on over and the both of them kind of read over it. And they say, 
We'll keep an eye out for any kobolds in this area. You should probably bring that to the governor's attention. That seems much more serious than Waylon's us wipes. And the other guard says, "Yeah, absolutely. You, you're, you're gonna want to go see uh, the governor about that. You're, you're definitely gonna want to let him know." All right, thanks, buddy. Enjoy your stay in Greenhurst. I like that one guard that sounds like a more articulate Swedish chef. <laughs> All right, you enter the town. Are you heading back to Leozen's? Are you going anywhere else? What, what would you like to do? It's, it's about three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't think we look, we're properly attired to go see the governor. Yeah, let's go take an extended rest, and we'll we'll see him tomorrow. And Leozen's, yeah. All right, you head back to the house that you're fairly familiar with. Leozen is not around. A couple of the other monks that are around let you know that he's just out gathering some stuff for dinner. That's fine. We know which one's the fake rock with the key under it by now. (laughs) All right. So you're going to go ahead and... So an extended rest is like a sleep. Do you guys want to just... Before we sleep, I think we should bring this note to the attention of Leozen's monk order. That's probably a good idea. They like, yeah, that's something some I, I would I would say that's something that since we're like betting down, it's not it, it wouldn't detract from from the extended press. We could talk about it over dinner. Well, so you take like an hour or two and clean up a little bit. If any of you want to spend some hit dice or do some healing, but you 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 definitely I think I already spent mine for the day. So yeah, you definitely get a chance to like wash yourself clean and get a little bit refreshed. You meet up with Leosian back down, kind of in the the great common room. Um, he is serving kind of a simple stew, and he's he's happy to see you. And he says, "Oh, hello." Hey, buddy. How's it going? Hey, Leonard. So, oh, hi. We have, and with Leojin, I actually hand him the note. I said, we took care of some cultists of Tiamat not far from town, and we found this. He takes the note. When you say cultists of Tiamat, he visibly pauses, and his face darkens. And he he looks at you with intense concern and says, before even looking at the note, he says, Cultus of Tiamat. Are you very sure about this? They were oh, uh, Bernice? Leonard. Let me tell you what, Leonard. I am very, very sure. I still have the urge to scream Hail Tiamat. He gives you a sidelong glance that clearly reads, I'm not going to believe anything you say as long as you can't remember my name, and says, okay. Okay, takes Leo... The note. And Leogen. His name is Leogen, guys. Leogen. Leogen. I had to pretend to be one of these. I got hugged by a cobalt today multiple times as they yelled, Hail Tiamat, with their arms in the air. Have you ever been close to a cobalt's armpit? Sadly, yes. And I can. So let me tell you, my friend, they were some serious Tiamat Yahoo. He reads over the letter and you can see that he's he's reads it over once and he kind of goes back and is much more deliberate about reading every any anything looking over the entire thing. He turns it over and studies the other side and turns it back and says this is this is much more worrying than I than I had believed. Where where exactly did you find these cultists? I tell him. And he is shocked. They're this close they're only a this is grave grave news i i must admit to you something that i have not told you i am actually in town for this specific reason i am looking into the cult of the dragon attempting to find what they have been after for the last few years there has been a rise in their attacks on small villages and towns and the number of people that they have been conscripting or letting them join their ranks. They have actually hired mercenaries. And now to hear that they have managed to get some kobolds on their side is incredibly worrying. And he hands the note, Jonathan, back to you and says, I I believe first thing in the morning, we should go inform the governor. This feels... Like, we are in mortal danger and need to warn him at once. Agreed. We should, we should handle this in the morning with, with all the, the haste and, and seriousness that this, that this uh, warrants. Leogen, a question for you. 
Yes. Uh, do you suppose this rise of the cult of Tiamat has any link whatsoever to the recent uh, xenophobia um, in Greenest? He thinks about it for a moment and says, I had not put the two together. It would be a little odd. Most of those who worship Tiamat worship dragons and believe if they are not already of dragon descent that they can be turned into a dragon of some sort. And it would take a peculiar mind to believe that only certain races could rise to that power. However, most of these cultists are already twisted and I would not discount it. The reason I ask is because wouldn't you want, if you were about to invade a town, the town divided among these kind of lines so that it would be easier to uh, to dissipate any resistance? He, he nods and he says, yes, what, whether or not what you say is true, that this is specifically a ploy by cult of dragon members to divide the town simply having this strife and this issue amongst our people is is the worst possible timing if an attack is imminent all the more reason we should tell the governor as soon as possible that sounds like a reasonable course of action comrades i agree i agree yeah mm-hmm all right, he makes plans crack of dawn because uh, the sun at this point is already set. He is uh, doesn't think that they'd be even able to get into the fort tonight. So crack of dawn, he wants everybody up and to meet him um, front of the house. And he'll he seems fairly confident that he can usher you guys in to see the governor without any issues. Sounds so, good. Uh, long rest. Long rest. Long, Long rest. rest. Okay. You guys get a total of 200 experience for yeah, chatting with Leosian. Yeah, I've got it written, written down. Hang on, hang on. Down. So, so, so that brings 50, us to 254, 50, I believe. Yeah, 50 each. Yep. Hey, I Agreed. like that you're using, like, even numbers now. <laughs> well, when I'm giving you guys experience for stuff like doing RP things, it's easy to have it be a round number. When it's for fighting things, you it's could at least like give us like book. one or two extra or one or two less just to make the math easy. I mean one or two extra only. Why would I care how easy or hard the math is? Alright, you're a DM. I am. <laughs> Alright, it is the next morning. It is, as Leosian put it, the very earliest part of dawn, and you all meet him at the front of the house. Hey, hey. Does 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 uh, the local Amazon store have time to make a delivery? That crossbow I ordered when I first arrived into town, has it arrived? You ordered a crossbow? Yes. I facepalm. Okay. Do they even have <laughs> is there a, a package? Is there a package Amazon? waiting for us when we come out the door? I think their prime is two week delivery, not two day delivery. The, there is not, but any any place you would have ordered a crossbow from in town, uh, after ordering it, you would be expected to pick it up. Okay. We'll do that while we're in town. You okay. Looked, when did you order a crossbow? I don't seem to remember you ordering when a crossbow. When I found out I was proficient in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll say at some point today, not before you visit the governor, because it is still, it is early enough in the morning that the shops are not even open, but we'll, we'll say maybe on the way back, you take a, a swing. Make sure you mark off how much a crossbow is if you're buying one. Already done. So Leozen takes you up through the town into the center section where there is a um, the fort for the town. It's where Governor Tarbo Nighthill actually has his residence. Uh, Leozen gets you through the front gates without a problem, through several basically checkpoints into the great common room, which kind of looks like a, a classic throne room. It's it's empty at the moment, um, but it's it's very sparsely kind of simply decorated and there's a there is an actual throne at the end. It's sitting empty at the moment. He takes you off to the right through a, an ornate door into what seems to be more like a sitting room. It's very warmly lit. There are giant bookshelves along either side containing dozens upon dozens of tomes. All of you kind of, except for Carlton, all of you recognize 
books of learning on arcane magic on history on geography pretty much anything that you can think about there there seems to be an encyclopedia on the walls there is a very large uh wood table in the center of the room it's it's this square table that's maybe 20 feet by 20 feet it is covered in books and papers and maps and standing near the table uh, are two individuals. There is an older human gentleman. He looks to be about 60 years old. He's got a, a, a grizzled beard. He's kind of wearing very simple uh, a kind of black and brown doublet and hose. And he is looking over some paperwork next to a dwarf, a... Um, a fairly tall dwarf with a big ring of keys on his back, red uh, braided beard. He's got a scar down his one down his, the side of his face. Doesn't seem to be affecting his vision. And the dwarf is in kind of a, a more rough and tumble outfit. He he seems to almost be in leather armor. And the two of them were obviously in the middle of a discussion when the door opens and Leozen ushers you in. And the human turns and says, Leo, <laughs> by the shadows of masks ass, I knew I was going to see you today. Come here. And the human comes on over and just gives Leosian this big bear hug. Leosian like hugs him back. And it's obvious that there is a friendship between the two, but that Leosian's not the touchy feely type and just kind of goes, it is, it is good to see you governor. And, he Leozen steps back a bit and says, you know, oh, Tarbo, you, I've been telling you for years, Tarbo, and you just don't don't get it. And he looks at the bunch of you and says, you've you've brought guests. I have not met your guests. Can I help you at all? I say, hi, I'm Bernie. You can call me Bernie, though. You're Matt Honor, sir, person, governorship. Hi there, Jonathan the Magimuscular. How you doing? And I put out my hand for a handshake. He takes it and gives you a, a nice, firm handshake. It's not too firm. It's like a nice, solid oh, handshake. Oh, I, I give him a solid Texas handshake. It's, it's a little too firm. Okay. He visibly winces a bit and goes, oh, and a strong one, I see. Yes, I am the strongest wizard I know. H Hello, my lady. And you too? I'm Charlton. <laughs> He actually does laugh when the two of you talk up at once and says, oh, everybody, not at once. And he, he looks down at Carlton and says, I, I assume that you are not just carrying this fine lady around, and but you have your own name. I am Carlton. I carry things and smash things. And you do both very well, I can see. And, and you good, sir? Ah, uh, hello, Governor. Travancore, Gl Viceroy of Glenmar. Sir, it is an honor to meet you. Uh, Likewise. Uh, and I shake my hand also. All right. He shakes your hand once again. It's it's a nice firm handshake. Nothing nothing limp about it, but nothing. he's not like squeezing. He turns. Taking cues from the other two, I reach up my hand for a handshake a little later because I already introduced myself, but don't want to be rude. He once again goes to shake your hand. His Your fist just kind of engulfs his entire hand, but he does his best to, to shake your hand. He turns to Leosian and says, so what? What can I help you with? And Leosian motions to Jonathan and says, these these fine men and women have been out adventuring as the young do. And the two of them kind of share a smile. And Leosian continues, and they have discovered something. I, I, I think you should just see it for yourself. And he motions to Jonathan. And I hand over the note. Okay. After Sorry. he's done playing Hearthstone, he no, no, I, no, I don't play Hearthstone on my phone anymore. Fuck that. Do you do you <laughs> see these paws? They they tap. They anyway. Sorry, sorry. I tap. I reach down and I tap him on the head and I say, "Excuse me, Mister Governor, do you have a restroom?" And the the governor says, "What? Well, why not here? But certainly, young lady." And he calls over one of the uh, he calls over the dwarf that's sitting that's standing next to the table and he says Escobert Escobert would you would you would you and the dwarf says ah all right okay come on the young lass let's go and okay I climb down off a of Carlton and go to the bathroom Escobert leaves 
with Bernie out the door. Uh, meanwhile, the governor has now read over the note and is before he was kind of this smiling, friendly guy. He's not too jovial, but he's a basically a very welcoming individual. And now his features have completely darkened. And he looks at Leosha and he says, to, is this what I think that this is? And Leosha nods. And the governor turns to you and says, where, where did you find this? Uh, just so governor... We don't like cobalts and dragon cultists, right? Of course not. Not when they're planning a attacking my so town. So there's no harm in if some of them were to have died by our Okay. Hands? Hypothetically speaking, if we accidentally if killed there was some, no there accident. wouldn't be any penalty, a, right? We discovered... Timora's tits! Just tell me where you found this note! I tell them, and I relay the story of the battle. I, I talk about how we... We heard that there was trouble and that a farm couple hadn't been heard from in a little bit. We went out there, we fought a little dog dragon, then we fought cultists, and we slayed them all. We were not able to find the couple. Okay, you relay the whole story. Uh, the governor is very attentive, nods his head, doesn't interrupt you once. Once you're finished with the whole story, he looks at Leosha and he says, D do you know whose farmstead this was? And Leosha shakes his head. And says, I, I was going to suggest visiting the temple to see if it it's something that they would know about. And We know their names, right? We know of Lily. You know that the bottom of the, the one, the statue that you picked up says, for Lily, but you don't know anything Right, else. right. But we were pointed, like, when we were talking to people about these this farm, they were the ones who had mentioned that they hadn't heard from them in a while. I thought they gave names. Probably would have said Jacob would be the other name that you'd remember. Okay. Uh, but you didn't find any bodies, and uh, so anyway, Tarbo says, "This is this is disturbing to say the least." And oh, and uh, welcome back. Did did Escobert treat you with all of the care that a lady like you deserves? I don't need help going to the bathroom, but uh, thank I you. meant finding the bathroom. Oh, finding it, yes. Yes, yes, 100%. Good. Um, but, you know, in there on my own. He can be rough, like a but big he, girl. Is, he is a gentleman under that under that beard. Your, this note, do you mind if I keep this? I look at it, uh, I should have made a copy. If we could get a, if you could have a scribe make us a copy, just so that we also have one, that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Scribe? What do I need a scribe for? And he walks on over to the table, kind of ushers you guys over. And as he continues to talk, he grabs a piece of paper, kind of makes sure that it's blank, grabs a quill and, and starts to transcribe the note for you. Okay. And as as he's doing this, he continues to talk and he says, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to up the guard. We're going to have to see if there is anything else that Escobert can do to beef up our defenses. I will definitely send some guards down to uh, that farmstead, see what's going on, make sure that there's not any more kobolds hanging around. Uh, Leosian, do you have any other suggestions? And Leosian says, we need to know more about what they want. And Tarbo nods. And, and it's just like, ugh, smoke and ashes. This is just the worst timing. And at this point, he's copied over the note and hands over the the transcription back to Jonathan. I I, I look at it real quick just to make sure. I'm, I'm sure he, he's not trying to deceive us, but I, I double check. It seems his handwriting is, is neat and clear. And as far as you can remember, and, and you can actually see, he's he's left the original sitting down on the table. It seems to be a faithful transcription. He hasn't bothered to make any addendums or anything. It's kind of word for word. He looks at you and says, I would be incredibly grateful if any other information like this falls into your hands that you tell me as soon as possible. I, I trust anything... And anyone that Leosian brings to me. And I would be greatly concerned if this is all we have before this attack apparently happens. Yeah, we were concerned as well. It seems we've come to think of Greenest as, uh, as our second home. We're from far and wide, but we do really like it here. And we would hate to see this town in particular. Obviously, innocence and danger is just bad. But this town in particular, we want to make safe. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you guys make a good meat pie. <laughs> good blood, great blood pies, by the way. Oh, awesome blood pies. He perks up for a little bit at the mention and says, "Oh, the blood pie. I haven't, I haven't been there in a while. I, 
I think I'm going to have to go this afternoon. To I lunch. Think I think I'm going to need. It's it's like still breakfast. Like you guys got there at about to brunch, six thirty in the morning. <gasps> oh, mimosas. <laughs> yes. Also, you're the governor, so if you wanted to have blood pie now, you could. This is true, but I would not. I would not uh, interfere. I'll I'll go this afternoon. Uh, I think that is a good idea for now. I th- I think I have some work to do. Understood. Um, of course. Actually, Governor, before we leave, there is one more small little thing I think we should really bring to your a attention. A small thing, Bernice? Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. I, I, I am happy to listen to anything you have to say. Your town has a racism problem. He thinks for a second, and then he says, Were you the same ones that helped out at the Running King?" I heard they had a change in ownership there. I heard that too, but you know, like, doesn't take the running king to show you that, you know. There was a recent incident involving a bard that at the actual there, yeah. meat pot, blood pie uh, restaurant. In fact, unfortunately for that bard, there's been a recent incident wherever she went, up until recently. But that's beside the point. Um, the point is that, well, obviously you <laughs> don't have a racism problem, but a lot of And he laughs at that. This. He says, I, I would, I would hope not. It would be presumptuous of me to think so, but Leosian and Leosian says, uh, I, Tarbo, you have always been a very good friend and I would, and he is a half elf. There's the dwarf there. It's pretty obvious that no, he has got no problems with anyone other than him. But maybe, maybe, sir, maybe you are blinded by your own more progressive viewpoint and that it's keeping you from seeing that other people don't necessarily share your views. And unfortunately, what is the law here for and government here for if not to protect those who cannot protect themselves or are in the unfortunate minority. He looks grave and he nods and he says, I I would like to think that I can see everything that's going on in my town. And sadly oh, that would be really awkward. <laughs> and he does he does kind of <laughs> chuckle at that. He says, I, I do try my best. I thank you for letting me know. I, I was heartened to hear about the change in ownership over at the Running King. That was one of my favorite places to go until uh, recently and while the new owner I have my own concerns about her but it is it is good to be able to walk into that that tavern again and feel welcome no matter who or what is there but I will I will take your words to heart young lady and I will do my best and when you're of a species that is welcomed everywhere it is important to remember that you have a responsibility to make sure that is extended to everyone else Especially if you're the governor. I would love at this point for you to roll me a persuasion check. Yeah, because you've just like he is a very open and seems to be a very nice and accommodating man. But at this point, you've just walked in and have started lecturing him. So I would love for you to roll me a persuasion check. Love math. (laughs) Math. I laugh when you roll a one. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> wow. Really? Wow. I blame Carl. I Can I roll again? But she's so no, no. no. Okay, so so you rolled your four. four. He, so you give him this rather stern lecture, and he nods. No, I was very sweet. And you can apparently well, not. What you're saying, what you're saying is is pretty serious and stern, and it's coming from admittedly a complete stranger. So you can tell that he is he is taking your words seriously but he is starting to get a little annoyed at being lectured by someone who is new to his town and he says yes okay i i understand i will make it a point to be uh, more on my guard about this now you must excuse me but i have preparations to attend oh to. yes yes Space we, I'm making we, now. of course thank, I'm also thank you making for this audience yeah it, it, it has been we, we're happy to help and if you if you need some some things need doing, we're at, we're staying at Leosian. We're, we're at your disposal. It has been incredibly enlightening. I I will keep that in mind, and I will contact you or Leosian if I if I need you. And uh, by the black hand of Bane, I'm probably going to need you. This sounds serious, more serious than it is. And he uh, picks up the note and leaves 
through a side door, calling out to somebody as he goes. And Leosian kind of ushers you guys back out of the fort. And kind of at the outskirts of the fort, after you've made your exit, he looks at Bernie and says, it's good that you told him. I, I appreciate that. But he has a lot on his plate, so you must forgive him if he was short. I think it's a good idea, uh, too. Yeah. I'm just wondering why you didn't. Bernice, if I may, as a viceroy, I understand some of the demands on government officials. There is a way to deliver things and not to. We are strangers and guests in this town. I think that there is a possibility that this undercurrent of xenophobia might be fueled by the invaders. And if that's the case, then it needs to be brought to his attention. Leojin, if you have audience with him, can you tell him? I am fortunate enough to be considered his friend, and I will make sure to relay that. And definitely, if, if you hear any more information, or if I come across any information, we, we should share whatever we find. Now, Thank if you. you'll excuse me. Hey, wait, Leojin, Leojin, real quick. Uh, sure. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good, and I would call her. I facepalm again. I wish all of those things for you, my friend. And he walks off. And you guys get 300 experience for informing Tarbo about the dragon cult and actually giving over the nerve. <gasps> oh, do we hey level? Guys, put us over level two. Sweet. I spent all this time figuring out level one. Now I have to figure out level So what officially happens is you guys have dinged. You don't, you don't actually level up until you've taken a long, an extended rest. So then- I feel a little sleepy there, guys. Uh. Uh. It is, you've just woken up. So this evening you can take a a break. So why don't we stop here? What I'd like you guys to do over the next period of time until the next episode that we record in, I'd like you to take a moment and go through the book and level up your character. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or at our host podcast at Glibshark or www.glibshark.com and see you next encounter.